Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. Yeah, it's 10.11 here on Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. Yeah. And we are talking, if you've just tuned in or perhaps you're listening to the podcast uh, after the broadcast, we're talking about the fake news problem that we're facing in the world at the moment and uh, how using models like Claire Graves to understand language and how language is linked to consciousness, we can start to, to unpack what's real from the fake news by understanding the, the consciousness that's driving the message mm. and what its motivations probably are. And we've been talking about uh, the modern scientific industrial uh, era, layer five in Graves' model. And it's brought us now to this transition space between five and six. And that's really where the, the, the fake news thing has blown up to, mm. uh, to get a bit out of control. And as we said um, previously, you know, if you look at the individual nature of layer five, it's very much about separation. And you can see that separation in modern organizations where people don't talk to each other in different departments and those sorts of things. And if you take that to an extreme, it's like nobody knows what's going on. And that's basically where we're at right now. Mm. Everything seems deceptive and we're not sure what's real. Mm. And it was well, in that space, of course, it's very easy for conspiracies to arise, whether they have truth to them or not. In that, that, That's right. that empty space in between there. Yeah, yeah. And you know, how many stories have you read in the last couple of years that are saying that you thought this was a conspiracy theory, theory, but actually it's true. Yes. You know. Yeah. Uh, and there you go. So um, let's not forget that the modern scientific industrial mind is a highly capable thing. You know, it got us to the moon and back. And so, as we might expect when it's coming to the end of what seems to be the end of its world domination, we ought to expect it to put up quite a fight, uh, including some very sophisticated deceptions, every trick in the book that it can throw at us to try and hang on to to world power. And, and that's pretty much what we're seeing right now. It's competent enough, you know, even though uh, by definition, when we are operating out of one of these layers of consciousness in the first tier, we can't see the pattern of the layers of yes. consciousness. So we can't really make reference to, to that pattern and work with it. But what we can do is we can see things that work and don't work, and we can grab hold of whatever it is that we think is going to make us succeed yeah. from a layer five perspective. And so layer five is competent, competent enough to steal anything it can from layer six. You know, even though it might not understand that it's doing that, it'll see something that works and go, let's grab some of that. And a great example of that was uh, the Cambridge Analytical Scandal, yeah. where there were quite complex tools developed which understood different um, personality types and their motivations and their tendencies, those sorts of things. Uh, and um, that was used, uh, supposedly, to manipulate the uh, US election result. But how would we really know? So you get this trickle down of technology, and that's a, that's a, a standard thing right across the whole spiral of development. At, at the higher end, the more complex end, technology is developed, and then as soon as it becomes available publicly, well, anybody can use it, regardless of what kind of moral development 
uh, mm. stage they might be at. And, yeah. and that, of course, has been problematic for humanity in many different ways. And layer five is cunning, cunning enough to do things like, uh, as we say, greenwash. Yes, yeah, so I was going to mention greenwash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And something you have to be aware of now, if you're concerned about the environment and social impact and so forth, there's a big, big discussion right now, of course, about um, virtually modern slave labor with regard to much of our fashion that's produced in Asian countries, China and the like. And, uh, and again, this kind of notion that somehow that's sort of washed away by one thing or the other, somewhere, somewhere to justify the fact that well, we get cheap clothes, that must be a good thing. And we're employing some people in China, no matter what the conditions are. And we sort of obfuscate the the, the problems with that still, don't we? we do. We're facing them, but we're, we're also not willing to let go of our attachment to the benefits of Layer 5, you could say. That's right. And you know, I guess what is most influential for us is our immediate life conditions, you know, the things that we face, mm. the problems and challenges we yes. face on a day-to-day basis. And, and if our life is pretty much okay and we enjoy wearing these really lovely shoes, then, you know, the, the challenge is not in our face. And uh, we can hear about things on, on the TV or radio or in the media or social media, you know, about this bad factory where mm. the shoes are made, but... You know, it's we, we have other problems to solve, and so yes, we have an interest in that. We we may be sympathetic in a certain way, but to change our actions seems to be a lot slower than many people would have hoped would have happened with many of these environmental social justice issues at that this time. Yeah, and it comes down down to our personal capacity. So yes. uh, as we develop up through the complexity of this spiral of development, we slowly develop the capacity to feel for people who are removed from us you know and at layer four it's the very first time that we uh, have the capacity to connect heart to heart with somebody who's in our presence mm-hmm. uh, you know at layer layer five we get a sort of a third person capacity and then it's only in layer six that we really get a true capacity to put ourselves in the shoes of somebody no pun intended uh, you know who's who's in another country, perhaps, and in, in working under difficult conditions. So mm. that that's why the responses are different. It, it really depends on mm. which particular layer, perspective, mm. worldview people are working from. So let's just talk a little bit about layer six now, and uh, perhaps some of the things that can make it vulnerable to these tricky strategies that layer five throws up. Um, and of course, it's another communal system. Layer five was an individual system. So we, us, our and the focus is is not on changing the world outside of us, but actually, how should I change myself to fit with what the world needs? So we're very aware of what the world needs, uh, but it comes down to changing ourselves uh, first and foremost. And this is the the emerging paradigm right now. It's interesting when you speak of that because um, that changing yourself uh, aspect of positioning is also um, for seeking peace. It's uh, seeking inner self and to gain contact, as you're saying, with the inner self and others. And of course, this allows the sort of the rise of much of the self-development uh, arena of, uh, of, of uh, offerings in the world we've seen in the last, certainly since the 60s, but more so since the 70s and 80s, 90s, the new age, yoga, mindfulness, all of these things. And again, we see these things also being adapted and adopted by uh, by the uh, the dominant paradigm, the previous paradigm, the, the orange paradigm that we're talking about, because there's money in it. And uh, so again, there's a sort of greenwash, a health wash going on there. Yeah, that's the marketing business. That's we can see that business. a growing number of people want this, mm. therefore let's just wrap this up so it looks like that and they'll buy it 
And on the positive, as you're saying, it's also generated things like the women's movement, civil rights movement, um, you know, the, the desire with that ability to stand in someone else's shoes, to eliminate poverty, to eliminate racism, to uh, eliminate uh, um, the, the absolute imbalance between the sexes and, and, and gender uh, identification and the like. Yeah, rebalancing things. Mm. One of the key drives, of course, is the need for deep human connection and to be accepted by your peers. And uh, that that is uh, a, a very um, creditable attribute. Mm. It can create vulnerabilities sometimes when the need for acceptance overcomes other uh, facets of the personality. So if, if we don't look critically at uh, something that's being a story that's being sold to us yet we act only out of that need to be accepted then often we can in an extreme case get caught up in something like a cult uh, movement where there's some overarching belief system which is not really uh, criticized or, or um, analyzed but the the need for acceptance and the satisfaction that we get from being connected and accepted within that group becomes the overarching motivation for being there it's very, very interesting that the word cult, of course, comes from the very same root as cultivation and uh, that, that whole movement toward the agricultural, stepping back to layer four, to the blue that we talked about earlier, and to culture, the word culture, cultivation, to culture, emerges in a sense from that gathering together, from that growing of things together, that living together and so forth. And then at its extreme on the negative, cult, uh, culture can turn into a cult-like yeah. behavior. And we're seeing that, I think, in many different ways in our society, that cult, small cults are arising. You know, I would even say that the, the Instagram phenomenon and Instagram influences are kind of like tiny cults within themselves. People who follow these people, we talked about uh, mummy, bloggers, the other, mummy bloggers the other day on radio yeah. here, yep. that sort of area, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, in James Siriawecki's book, The Wisdom of Crowds, which was published in 2005, oh, yes. which great. I think is, you know, it's a result of this emerging uh, new paradigm is uh, rediscovering the wisdom of crowds rather than acting as an individual in the mm. world. He named three things which were critical to that wisdom being effective. And the first one, first one was independence of decision. And so I, I guess it's the challenge yeah. of you know, allowing yourself to be motivated by connection and acceptance and enjoying the community that brings, but never actually losing your own independence of decision um, because that, that collapses the, the wisdom pyramid. And the second point mm -hmm. is diversity of information. And once again, it's remaining open to all information and, and not shunning or closing yourself off to uh, certain information sources. And yeah. I guess yeah. that, that if, if you were doing that, if you were, if you were not open to diversity of information, it really is um, it's evidence of a values backslide back to layer four, most likely, which is that only one right way and no other way should be considered kind of uh, approach. Uh, and the third part of this pyramid of the wisdom of crowds is uh, decentralization of organization. And uh, of course, centralization has been a very important aspect of layer five. Mm -hmm. And it's that centralization which has enabled the, the degree of control which it now enjoys and, and uh, capacity to deceive and manipulate as a result. And, and so decentralization is a very, very strong theme 
with the emergence of Layer 6. And as you're speaking, of course, it's quite hard because we're so, all of us, to one degree or another, though, infused with the the notion that we that centralised control is the way things are, one way, that, even if it's a democratic system, that the idea that everybody's opinions should be heard, can be heard in an equal way, is quite difficult to, to for us to know how to make that form operate, I think. And so we get stuck in these loops, so to speak. It is, and again, this is a... Uh a result of the fact that we're in a transition phase. We're in a place where the old system is breaking down, doesn't work very well anymore. The new system is still starting to form and hasn't really become anywhere near dominant yet. And so in that space, we're kind of torn between you know an old system that doesn't work very well and a new system that's not quite properly there yet. Yeah. And it is a difficult place to be, there's no doubt about that. And it is indeed where things like fake news can grow readily. Absolutely. That, that, a- a- absolutely. And with some of the other emerging characteristics of Layer 6, things like freedom of speech you know, is a very important thing, that people's uh, speech is not suppressed or, or discarded. And in that environment, it also creates uh, the opportunity for troublemakers who are operating from a, a less complex value system to pop up and, and do whatever they want. Uh, and so that's another problematic aspect of this emergent transition time. Yeah. Um, and uh, transparency, of course, is, is another emerging factor, you know, which is very, very important to layer six. And uh, sometimes by t- being too transparent, we can make ourselves vulnerable to those who might prey upon us. And of course, what better example of that than Facebook, <laughs> where we, everybody lays their life bare, and of course, uh, you know, things often uh, turn sour. Well, it's even turned, uh, just mentioning Facebook and Instagram, I was just at Splendour in the Grass Festival for a couple of, uh, a few hours and a couple of days, not for very long. It's, uh, I think I'm just a little bit past that sort of festival now, but it was very interesting to observe how the Instagram culture, the selfie culture is so strong that people ha- are almost desperately trying to look, feel, be something in order to show themselves out there and to make something of themselves and also hopefully to even make money. It's a whole structure of this these sort of small cult-like behaviours within the wider culture desperately trying to, I, I think, position themselves somewhere that, that makes sense. Uh, and yet what emerges often is a kind of a superficial take of, of things. It's not really, um, I'm not, not really sure exactly what I'm trying to say here. So I'm still yeah. trying to clarify in my own thinking how I perceive that. Yeah, again, I, I think it's a result of this transition time where we're sort of, yeah. you know, one foot in the old world, one foot in the new world. And the, the old world was all about me, you know, and my public image mm-hmm. and me feeling successful. And the new world is about uh, being part of a, yeah, a sharing community that, but yeah. and, and sharing yourself yeah. and being being liked and being accepted as yeah. part of that group, and in in between face, you know, in between this, that space rather, it, it's uh, I, I think it's easy to get to fall backwards into the old ego driven, you know, look at me, aren't, aren't I beautiful, kind of thing. Um, and perhaps to get lost in between the two worlds, you know, the old world and the new world. Uh, so mm. I, I expect that those sorts of phenomena are things that will stabilise as we move further into layer six becoming dominant socially. But layer six itself, uh, also, if we look at the duration of these various paradigms, you know, they're getting shorter and shorter and shorter. The scientific industrial layer mm. five era has been 300 odd years, mm. you know, of peak behavior and it's looking like layer six is only going to be a couple of decades and so it's almost not going to be a stable paradigm Mm. you know it's almost just a stepping stone it's like 
the old game of uh, hopscotch. I don't know if they still play that at school. I, I, I think I've seen, sometimes you see uh, the chalk markings on the pavements around the world, you know, around yeah. the place. I've seen them yeah, so you know, when you're playing that game, sometimes you yeah. land on two feet and sometimes you just skip on one foot into the next thing. And it's almost like layer six, this emergent relativistic paradigm is just a skip into the second tier and it's you know maybe not going to be around long enough to to actually be a dominant global paradigm but uh, we'll only find out by waiting and seeing mm. it's interesting looking at some of the movements that are emerging particularly out of the youth of today um, extinction Reve- rebellion yellow vests these protest uh, movements that are going on of course we've got the action right now by the passionate planet protectors down against the Butler Street uh, Reserve uh, bypass, whether you agree or not, but they're down there. These these movements seem to flare up quite quickly. They seem to be quite powerful in a moment. They seem to sort of perhaps fall into the same kind of uh, ways of being that, uh, as we're talking about, falling back a bit into structures. Who's the leader? Is there a leader? What are we actually saying? Do we have a policy? All these things. So they kind of flare and they kind of die away as if they're trying to find a modality, a way of uh, of expressing that is that is new, that actually can be truly effective. Yeah, and in a time of, of collapsing social structures and collapsing uh, norms and the emergence of new things, you know, there's this regressive and often desperate search for something that will work in the face of a world where things don't seem to be working. And I think this is really where the rubber hits the road in terms of this language analysis and using it to find a way through the fake news uh, swamp or jungle. And For all of you out there, strangers in a strange land, you're grokking future sense here on Bay FM. You're tuned to Future Sense. It's 10.36 through till 11 o'clock, Presley, Birth and Beyond. Up then, you're tuned with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. Thanks for your texts. A couple of very long ones here. We'll come back to them very shortly. A couple of interesting things there. Just want to mention, while we're, uh, while we're, I've got a, a moment here before we come to our conclusion for the day, just want to acknowledge all of, all of our podcast listeners, I think from something like 50 different countries around the world at last uh, count, something like that. And uh, really appreciate you listening at whatever time and on whatever platform you're listening at. And if you haven't listened to our podcasts, which are edited versions, uh, without the sponsorship announcements and also without the music, uh, and in two different parts each week, you can go to futuresense.it, and uh, through there you can uh, you can find your your way to uh, whatever portal that you like to listen to podcasts on. And we'd like to ask you, all of you around the world who listen to this podcast, if you'd be willing to interested in and we'd love you to post some comments some reviews of the show on whatever site you're listening uh, to us on right now thank you for that thank you indeed uh so we're really getting to where the rubber hits the road in terms of using this kind of analysis of language to determine the originating layer of consciousness Mm. for a message and then hopefully cut our way through you know this uh, very confusing world of, of fake news and so if you find that a particular narrative is absolutistic in that it's putting forward only one option as the only option that you ought to take and typically with dire consequences if you don't take it so you must do this or else i mean that's layer four uh, logic we'll be invaded by rampaging refugees dangerous people and boats from all over the world for example yeah that's that and it's very prominent at the moment because of this values backslide this regressive search uh, you know the the 
scientific industrial values aren't working anymore. Let's just go back to the way we used to do things and see if that works. And so people are very much trying this hard line, mm. giving rise to uh, the, the hard right in politics mm-hmm. and also hardening the left as well. So even the left of politics... Uh, and, and even I think these words left and right yeah. don't really apply very well anymore. No, they don't. It, it's, we're seeing the same value system, yeah. which is this layer four absolutistic values being displayed by both the left and right of politics. Sure, the subject matter is different, but the driving values are the same. It's like you need to do what we say or else. Mm. Yeah. And that sort of polarity, I think, is one of the things that is slowly but surely passing away, that kind of, para- that kind of polarity of either or. Either with us or against us, this or that, that's that. That's right. And it is a normal evolutionary dynamic. It's it's not that there's anything wrong here. This is what happens when evolution goes through a phase shift from one system to the next. It cycles backwards to create tension. It's like pulling the elastic band back on a slingshot or winding a spring up in order to create momentum in the opposite direction. So this can be predicted at times like this. We can predict that people will go backwards. They they will dumb down their values. They will dumb down their logic. Mm. And the effect of it is it creates tension for change. People really sit up and take notice and say, this is absolutely not right. We need to do something differently. Very good. Yeah, beautiful. Um, yeah, would, shall I go to this text? Or you? Yeah, go to that text. Yeah, because yeah. I think this is a really interesting text from our good friend Howie, Howie Cook. How, hey, Howie. And I'll try and – it's a long text and I, I don't – I mean, I, I understand it, but it's being a text, it's a text. Um, Hi, Nick and Steve. Very interesting show about the power of words. I have harped on for decades about the word alternate, alternative – I'm jumping here – alternative – being used in a disempowering way and often here in Byron region of my feeling is that alternative, I like that, alternative, essentially has its meaning in a clearing, a foothold in the forest, so to speak, so to speak. It bothers me that there is talk of being alternative instead of saying tread lightly. And people talking about, for example, alternative medicine when it is clear to me that that alternative medicine is the synthetic pharmaceutical system wouldn't it be more appropriate to view most humans as in the majority wanting to tread lightly, to walk with a pro-native priority irrespective of any alternative system, and that the earth destructors are in fact an aberrant alternative element, an alternative element, I guess he means, of society? I have long proposed the words pro-native, positive contemporary earth care, native ancestral and contemporary indigenous earth care, and alternative defining toxic pillage of earth like alternative i can see what you're saying i propose therefore bay fm the pro-native voice yeah thanks so there's some great points in there there is and changes in language are an intricate part of a paradigm shift and as we said earlier uh, in the show you know the word conspiracy cropped up around one of the early waves of Mm. the modern era uh, and we ought to expect language to change. And, you know, it does my head in sometimes when I talk about the modern paradigm being the old paradigm because modern for so long has meant contemporary and yet it no longer it no longer holds that same meaning. And so we ought to expect new words to be emerging and I guess we, we all should do our best to come up with new words and it's a, it's a fact that what has been alternative medicine for many years is actually becoming mainstream, yeah. at least in, in small pockets of the future. Yes. Yeah. I love the word, you know this too, the word similar to what you're saying here, Howie, the word disaster. Um, the word disaster comes from uh, the, the Latin disaster, which means fallen from the stars, which means essentially disconnected from the stars. Disaster happens... Shit happens when we're disconnected. 
and that makes a lot of sense. But that's not a thinking that is, has been common in the previous eras of which we are still under the influence of the dominant era, and yet that is changing. We're, we're beginning to see we need to be more connected. We, we do indeed. In fact, that's the, the big trend. Mm. Very good. Uh, thanks for that text. Yeah. And uh, let's just have a look at... We, we spoke just now about uh, recognising layer four logic uh, and layer four attempts to, to motivate us, mm. which are absolutistic. There's, there's only one option given and there is a dire consequence if you don't take it. Uh, and, of course, what that is is a, a result of the values backslide and it's effectively dumbing down our capacity to, uh, to solve problems with this very linear thinking. Let's talk about layer five, the modern scientific industrial way, which can be extremely confusing because of its capacity to spin truth, be deceptive, hide the facts. And appropriate other things for its own use. Absolutely. You know, not forgetting all the wonderful benefits it has brought us uh, through time, but at this particular stage of of its uh, collapse, uh, it's problematic in many different ways. Uh, and of course, during the, the era that's now fading away, the withholding of information has been a source of power. Let's not forget that very much like the poker Which player. is exactly why Snowden and Assange are in so much trouble, because they've brought light to some of that information that has been withheld. That's right. And so we do rely on whistleblowers at the moment, and I guess that's one thing that we can do is to try and ensure that whistleblowers are treated appropriately uh, and not put in jail. Uh, you know, to to help us understand what needs to change. Uh, But just by its nature, it can be very difficult for many people to detect what's true and what's not when it's coming from a layer five source. Uh, Thankfully, what's happening right now is that because of the desperation that's increasing uh, by people who are operating from this layer five perspective, they're typically getting more careless and they're slipping back to layer four. So that is starting to make things easier to see. And and so... um, um, I guess things that we can look for to set off the warning bells for us when we're listening to various communications and narratives, look for a sudden change of the narrative. You know, like the story's different today than it was yesterday. Uh, and it's different not just in a haphazard, careless way, but it's different in a way uh, that kind of leans a bit towards layer four. Like, no, no, this is the truth. This is actually what happened. Uh, you know, in, in fact, you didn't even hear that yesterday. <laughs> and and one of the classic examples in uh, current affairs I can think of is uh, the whole uh, Russia narrative in U.S. politics, which cropped up very very quickly after the murder of uh, a uh, a DNC staffer called Seth Rich, who was at one point mentioned as the possible source of the the information leak to WikiLeaks, and of course he was murdered very soon after that. And then all of a sudden, the Russian thing cropped up. It was like, don't look over there, look over here. And it's all about Russia, and Russia was doing this, and Trump's mm. you know, on side with Russia. And of course, now that um, the Mueller report has been um, issued, there's very little, if any, absolutely, possibly no substance to it whatsoever. Mm. So it very clearly mm. uh, is showing up as deceptive spin, a mm. story that was put out there to try and distract us from something else that was really going on. And these are the things that we should be, should be looking very carefully for. And uh, I, I can say that I did notice straight away, as soon as the Russia thing cropped up, that there was a sudden switch from this story about information being leaked to WikiLeaks and then somebody being murdered who may have been associated with that. And then all of a sudden, no, it was the Russians who hacked. Um, and, and that sudden switch um, 
you know, it rang my alarm bell straight away. And I, I've said right from the start that I thought there was probably little or nothing in the, the whole Russian narrative. Yeah. Um, so, so that's a kind of pattern that we ought to be looking for. And also contrast between words and actions. So people saying one thing and then doing the, the, the often the exact opposite. I love the way uh, Steve's hands moving here, just like a magician, because I'm thinking as he's speaking that, of course, on layer five, which we are the, dom- the dominance of still, it is the time of, uh, of magicians, whether they be real or, un- or, uh, or false, to be able to, you know, to, give you, to look at the left hand when the right hand's doing something entirely different. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I guess um, there are many different examples of uh, people's words not fitting with their actions in politics. I'll, I'll let you pick your favourite one. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing to look for is an absence of evidence or actual evidence of deception uh, within narratives. So it's basically much trickier to try and unpick the truth from a layer five narrative simply because it's a very it's a much more complex narrative than a layer four narrative and would you say that this time that that it it is actually part of the project and again generalizing here to obfuscate in this way to confuse to overwhelm in this way in order to uh, to stop people from thinking more clearly in this way to actually be more clinically uh, analytic about what they're being presented with it's just so much stuff. It's it's almost like it's obvious. We'll just flood them with this and that, and yeah. we'll say this. We'll do this, and people won't know what the f- is going on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's a typical layer five way, yeah. way of operating, and you know, we we've seen it in full flight during warfare. Yes, uh, where propaganda, you know, uh, disinformation, and those sorts of things, and um, you know, those things are as alive and. Uh, healthy as ever really it's just that they're hard to see by their nature well we mentioned edward bernays earlier freud's nephew who started the whole marketing world in america in the middle early middle of last century um and uh, joseph goebbels in nazi germany appropriated bernays's techniques quite openly so after the war bernays had to uh, move the word propaganda which was quite an acceptable word word before uh, hitler and the nazis in world war ii and after world war ii uh, bernays created the, the term Public relations to uh, to do the same thing, much more, much softer term, a euphemism for propaganda and for deception and for all of that, and something we can well, but it's public relations, it's marketing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and as I mentioned over coffee this morning, you know, in the more modern military uh, terminology, it's split into public information and public relations. Is probably even something more uh, elaborate <laughs> than that now, but that was back in my day. Yes, yeah. uh, you know, public relations was about, um, I, I guess, dealing with uh, your image that you and messages that you wanted to portray, which were clearly about you managing your image uh, with, in, with the general public. And then there was public information, which was information that the public needed to know, which, which was also... Well, that, that term right to know is rather interesting, isn't it? Yes. In, in and of itself, yes. you know? Yeah, yeah. Who has the right to know what? Yeah, not so much right to know, but needed to know. Yeah, need <laughs> needed to, know. to think, perhaps. Um, so, and I'm just going to come back now uh, before we wrap up, having spoken about you know possible ways that we can unpack deceptive narratives if they're coming from layer four as absolutistic, or if they're coming from layer five despite the deception. You know, look look for the cracks in the story, and then really where we're headed as we move into this emerging paradigm is to truly the wisdom of crowds, and and there, hmm. as I said, there's a there's a little tr- uh, trinity of things that we need to, to hold close here. And the first one is independence of decision. So, you know, by all means, uh, check in with your trusted network, you know, listen to what your friends are saying about certain issues, but always come back to your own independence of decision because any one of these little three legs will collapse the wisdom of crowds. And that's an essential one of the three legs. 
The other one is diversity of information. So beware of being told that, no, this is the only information you need to see. Don't even look at that information. And also notice that the media doesn't report those particular things anyway. You know, So make sure that you're, as much as you can, uh, reaching out to a diversity of information and even looking at the things which might be counter to what you believe just to give them you know, a fair airing. Uh, and I have to say, just on a personal level, just quickly, yeah. uh, this is a big transformation that's occurred for me in the last several years, is starting to really be much more open to much more information. I've always been relatively open, but yeah, I think that's really a, a major trend going on here. Yeah. And the third uh, leg of this trinity is decentralization of organizations. So be wary of hanging out with just one network who all, see, all think the same way. You know, Mix yourself up and get into a few different networks. Hear what different networks of people are saying. Um, you know, don't take information that's come from only one source. Always look for more than one source. You know, as, as a general rule, I always like to try and find three completely unrelated sources that are reporting something before I start to mm. really, really, you know, look seriously at it because it might, there might be a thing in it. Mm. So those three legs, uh, independence of decision, diversity of information, decentralization of organization are essential to the wisdom of crowds. And any one of those, if it's missing, the whole thing falls over. Mm. It's interesting as you're speaking also, I'm thinking of the word community and the use of the word community. I think politically this is a misused word often because it is it sort of sweeps everybody into this, this uh, uh, almost fantastical notion of one community. And there is not one community. There are many communities within a community. And to be able to listen to more than one community gives a much better position for you to make or for a group to make or for a a political organization, a local council to make informed and proper decisions if they can actually include the voices of as many different aspects of the community as they can and not sort of say, the community thinks this, the community wants that, because we don't know that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And we're living at a time where there's so much talk going on. And of course, social media supports the talk, 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 talk. And what we really need is people taking action and doing things differently. You know, not, not taking action just to stop old things happening, but actually going there out there and doing things in the way that we need to live in the future. You know, doing things that are sustainable, things that are regenerative. And switching back quickly, I, I mentioned Rogers Ranges as an example from the pre- previous paradigm shift earlier on, and I, I just pulled out the, the detail on that. And there were uh, a company of soldiers from the colony of New Hampshire uh, who were attached to the British Army during the Seven Years' War, which was uh, the French and Indian War. And they did things radically differently. You know, By demonstration, they went out and they broke these old molds of set-piece warfare. And you know, this is not, obviously not an example that directly translates to the present time because if we were doing things differently now, we would probably be showing how problems can be solved peacefully rather than through violence. But I'm just making the point because these, these were a group of people who uh, provided demonstration by direct action of a way to do something radically differently that that broke all the old mm. uh, paradigms yes and and this is really what we strongly need at this time in history is people to take the initiative to start doing things differently of course many there are many many people out there actually doing yes, this especially in this region absolutely yeah, yeah, in this region and, yeah. and many others mm. and uh you know let's let's support those folks let's look at what they're doing let's let's not blindly follow what they're doing but look critically at what they're doing see if it really does work you know is it a truly more sustainable more peaceful more regenerative way of living and then if so uh, also demonstrate by action our support for those uh, trends absolutely beautiful 
Um, yeah, we're going to have to finish up here. Pregnancy, birth, and beyond is in the house. We've got a couple of sponsorship announcements and a track to play, but I just want to mention to a good friend, Dr. Stephen Booth, who we've had on this show several times, and I think we'll probably be having him on next Monday. It's a bit of a special on um, on new approaches to health and healing, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And, and also uh, that nexus between uh, evolved consciousness and um, our body, I guess, yeah. you know, how, how our body might be changing as we grow up this spiral of development. And if you're interested in those things, Dr. Stephen Booth is uh, doing a couple of workshops at Temple Byron out here, just out of town here. One on Friday night called the, uh, the Group Esoteric Acupuncture Activation. And on Saturday, all day, exploring the octahedron. It's a light worker training workshop, a light body activation process, and self cultivation. Uh, towards uh, higher consciousness. So you can tune into those at Eventbrite. There's where you can buy tickets to both of those events, Friday night and Saturday at the Temple Byron, and a good friend of ours and a wonderful man. And I must say, they sound very fluffy, but actually... Yeah, that's right. He's, uh, Steve and I have been doing a lot of work together, and he really is uh, hitting this connection between old paradigm and new paradigm understandings of mind-body-spirit integration and how our subtle energies are changing uh, and... uh, methods for actually working with mind, body, spirit for uh, the acceleration of our development. Fantastic. That's all for us from uh, myself, Nick Jeans, and Steve McDonald here on Future Sense. We'll be back with you next Monday morning, 9 to 11. Thanks for being with us. Cheers. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.